Welcome to the third episode of Two Guys in a Movie. Today, we are discussing The Platform, as well as we might get sidetracked every now and then as well. Well, enjoy. Alone in like the Divergent like book series like ending. Because mm-hmm. like when I, I was reading the book, uh, and like they, the books were pretty good, right? And then I got Never to the end, them. like the teenager when the books came out. So like that was the thing, like teen... Teen oh yeah, the dystopian teen fiction. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teen fiction was like in. Well, okay, so I'll be honest. I didn't read Hunger Games. I didn't read like anything. Oh, I didn't Hunger read Hunger Games. Games. I didn't read Divergent. I read Harry Potter because I love Harry Potter. Um, I mean, but I read, I read H.G. Wells and things like that. I yeah, mean, I guess. But no, I never really did a lot of teen dystopian futures. So, but Hunger Games was the best out of, easily out of all of them. Um, and it's a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little bit frightening, I think, uh, to how uh, on the nose it ended up being with everything going on now. With every- oh, is that what we're gonna do? We're gonna go into battle against each I other mean, now. I'll be honest with you. I don't. <laughs> I can't. I'm not gonna rule it out. I um, don't know about that. I don't think we're but, that far gone yet. We're getting go- there, but we're not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but go- going back to years. going back to Divergent, um, the last film and book slash book i I didn't even watch the films because i knew what i knew what the ending was going to be i knew they didn't change the ending for the film the ending to the book was so bad that i literally threw the book across the room oh i have not still to this day not forgiven the author for what she did to me well maybe maybe that's why they didn't want to finish the series i don't think they finished it they did they did finish it i didn't think they did they came out with one every year like literally they the one thing they did really good was they released all their movies on this pretty much the same day a year apart from each other did they finish the divergent movies this is what i I just googled it uh yeah in 2016 no no they never finished it at least that's what google's telling me this is september 24th of 2020 it was a trick that worked for the likes of twilight the hunger games and harry potter but splitting allegiant into two potential wow to potentially prove to be the downfall for the Divergent series, leading it to be canceled before it was finished. So yeah, they never finished they were it. Like, well, okay, so I didn't, I didn't know they split the last movie, in, the last book into two films. Yeah, it's, that's that's Harry Potter. Well, thing. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's not. I'm, I'm, that's not that I'm against that concept, but that's funny because I'm sure that they were like, man, you know, this ending really kind of sucks. Do we really want to put this on film? <laughs> I mean that that's I don't know I never read it but that would be interesting them going like all right well we don't really like the way the books end so anyone have any better ideas you got somebody in the meeting room going like how about we only make half of the last book I love it just just kill it (laughs) off love it great great idea we'll never come back to it and they never did good Uh, whatever I never watched them no urge to watch them. That's like with the Fifty Shades of Grey. I have no urge to watch Twilight fanfic. I mean, that's a whole other animal right there. I mean, but it's it's still it's still a bad. It's not book. dystopian though. It's still it's a, not dystopian. But, but it's still it's still a bad book that is getting translated I mean, sure. into a movie. Sure. I don't know. That's... I know people that like you like the Divergent series until the ending, but I don't know. I never read it. I mean, I, I like know. if you're gonna translate something from book to movie, you should probably have a good source material. Which, all right, let let's be honest, okay? So, 
You have Fifty Shades of Grey, which is not good source material. No. At all. And then when they put it into film, they took away everything everybody wanted to see anyways. Well, that that was a money decision. You know, just like how a lot of movies that are like PG-13. Yeah. And you're like, well, we could make it R, but that's going to ruin our, no. our box office return. It should have been a hard R. It sh- Fifty Shades would have <laughs> been, been they not had, rated. rated actually, it it should have been, been X, not rated, rated X. It would have like been like only shown in like sketchy theaters in Manhattan. Well, so so that's what uh Sam Raimi did and Bruce Campbell with like the first Evil Dead series, the very first movie. It's not rated. It still has not been rated. Because, oh wow! Yeah, they, because uh, they took it to to the Raiders and they were giving it like a rated X, like like NC eighteen. Like yeah, they were given that's the, the NC that's the official rating, yeah. Yeah, and so they were like, "Welp, they just decided to forego the rating process, and they didn't get an accredited rating." So they thought that was better for their film than getting the NC eighteen, which just kills it outright. But Fifty Shades probably should have been NC eighteen. Let's be honest. For like eighties horror, I don't think that it was that much of a death sentence for your film to be NC seventeen because. A lot of cult 17, classic horror, a lot of cult classic horror is either R or NC seventeen or not rated. Like it's just well, yeah. That, I mean, that's 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 what Sam Raimi chose was to go not rated. So like, it's still not rated. The first one, they they refuse to get it rated. I don't know if they need to at this point because of like its status, but yeah, Fifty Shades should have been NC seventeen. That like. <laughs> Like, yeah, it would have just been a straight-up porn, but, I mean, isn't that yeah. what anyone reading those books wanted? No, you're right. I mean, but you think about something like a visual medium and something that you intend on making money on. Uh, I think having the element of um, mystery to those scenes, to where you're not seeing everything, but you can imagine what's going on, I think as a film that makes it, that, that helps the allure um, because I know a lot of probably casual moviegoers that went to go watch it would have been turned off if it was just a straight up porno. Yeah, yeah, that's I guess that's true. You're good. You're gonna cut out a lot of people that way. <laughs> a I'm not lot saying, of people. I'm not saying I was gonna watch it either way. I'm just saying what they released, everybody did not like. <laughs> what? I mean, again, it's just Twilight fanfic. That's all it is. It's just Twilight fanfic. Like, did you watch The Invisible Man, the new one? No, not yet. Same, same thing. I've been missing out on the. I've been missing out going to the theater, like, even before COVID hit. Like, I was like, I need to go to the theater more, and I just never did. And then, I don't know. Doing this is kind of like my way of being like, I gotta watch more movies. So, that was the last movie I watched before they shut the theaters down. I wanted to see it. Apparently, it's nothing like the H.G. Wells Invisible Man. No, it's. (laughs) I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, movie. I'm not gonna go on a limb and say it was, it was better than H.G. Wells, but I think the plot was very interesting. The acting was well done. It was a good mystery. It looked a little bit Kept more like guessing. the Hollow Man in like its aspect and like. But the Hollow Man was a, not a great movie. No, it wasn't. Invisible the Man. Best part was about it was movie. Kevin Bacon. He had creepy yeah. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> That should be a movie we, we talk about, Invisible Man. That was a good movie. Okay. I actually own it. Oh, sweet. 
I don't know. It's, it's streaming somewhere. I've seen it. I think I have it on like one of my watch lists. So there's that. Did you make a, a letterboxed list yet? No. That's a good to? way to keep track. That's a good way to keep track of what you want to watch. That's what I use it for. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I did not do that. Your life in film. Oh, sorry. My well, gotta edit that out. <laughs> My phone just did a buzz buzz. That's okay. I heard it's it's okay, man. man. You, you, I edited a lot of stuff out. I edited at least probably thirty minutes out of the last episode. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's what's gonna have to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so you you want to get into it? The platform. Sure. Let's talk about the platform. Da da da. Kind of want you to start because uh, you didn't like it, and I'm kind of sad yeah. that you didn't like it because it was a movie that I recommended us watch, so that makes me feel bad. Yeah, good. But. That's my goal is to make <laughs> you feel bad. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I want you to go first because the only things that I'm going to talk about are good things about the movie. Are oh, you going to just talk about complaints. the good things? Oh. I didn't really have any complaints. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm ready to write notes on your good go, things and like go and comment oh, on them. Is that them, how so. you want to do it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's go. So where should I start? First of all, let, let me start with something that I think is kind of cool. Okay. Premise. I think the premise is cool. I thought the premise of the cube was cool. That doesn't mean it should have been a movie. It should have been a short film. This was a this was an idea that somebody had that could have been a 10-minute film and it would have been more introspective and it would have been more philosophical and it would have made you think a little bit more. The problem is, is that they had a good premise that didn't need the amount of time that they spent on it. It took too much time. It's the exact same issue that I have with the Cube movie where you have all these people and they're all supposed to represent a different prison and they're in like this death trap. I actually kind of found the Cube a little bit more fun because there was death traps in there. We weren't just stuck in a room. We weren't stuck in multiple rooms with this platform just going up and down and everybody just kind of like doing their own thing. And it's obviously boring to use a word from the movie obviously boring <laughs> so it's just i think it's a cool premise i think it's a premise that doesn't need to be a full-length movie it needed to be a short film so here's where i i have a, a bit of disagreement about the short film argument is an integral part of the plot and the suspense aspect of the film was that there were all these different levels and at the end of every month you got put on a different level where different rules kind of applied so i don't really know that would have had to have been taken out at least to the most part to make it a short film because you know how, how can you make a month go by in 10 minutes it's hard so I think that maybe if you were to pull it a little bit longer and say like 30 to 45 minutes, maybe it could have worked as a 45-minute film. Yeah, yeah. Not you know, as a 10-minute short. It could have. But the problem is, is that it's very poorly paced. We spend too much time trying to – the director's trying to figure out these characters, it feels like, throughout the whole thing. And each, each time he gets a new roommate. So he's constant. no, well, no, no, not only every... if the roommate dies. Only if the roommate dies, you well, keep the same roommate. But the the movie itself is constantly trying to 
how many does he get? He gets three. He gets three roommates throughout this span, and the most roommate stays with him is two rooms. And so, but by doing that, they're constantly trying to introduce a new character and give them a backstory too, and it's not working. I think the most compelling character there was the the black guy. Uh, that movie. was um, uh, Brombong, right? Yes. His last roommate was the most compelling. With one. the, yeah. I don't. I, I, again, I'm terrible at character names. So, um, but yeah, his last one I found the most compelling because he was the only one trying to do something to get out. He's like, "What? We're at number five? There's only four levels above us. Let's try to do something, and then we can all get out together." Finally, somebody trying to do something. The rest of the time, it's just brooding in a room and trying to be like it's it's trying to be like deep. The movie tries to be deep, and it I don't get it. I think it's a very shallow surface level movie because yes, you're the when the woman comes in with her dog. When she's there, she tries, I get it, she tries to be like, here are the portions. It should reach everybody. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, she's trying to change, like, change their standard, change their culture, change what is being done and how things are being done. That's what she's trying to do. And it's like, okay, that's fine. And we, we do get a little bit of a look at like the the human experience in that because people don't want to change. I get it. The only time that they start listening is when they get threatened that their food's going to have shit all over it. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. And then it's just, again, it just, it takes something that could have been shorter and lengthens it. I mean, I don't disagree with you that it could have worked as a short film, but um, there's a lot of things that I'm going to be, I kind of have written down that kind of explain more as to why it worked for me as a longer film, as an hour and a half film. Uh, so it, I, I kind of wanted to save this for, for last, but uh, I'll go ahead and start it now, I guess, because you brought up how you brought up how the film was shallow, but... It really what they were going for, like the director and all that they were going for was kind of showing the, uh, this is out of their own uh, comments on the film too, is that they were trying to show like why there needs to be a better system for the distribution of um, goods and wealth and such. That was kind of their idea at showing like not only the the levels meaning to be a reflection of the levels of society right um but also uh early on uh trimagasi makes a comment don't bother talking to the people above you they won't answer back but then he also then he also said uh don't talk to the people below you because they're below you and then he goes and says, and, "Obviously, yeah, that was, it was so annoying. That, that 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 was part of the, like, kind of to cut this to cut the suspense, 
you know, to give the characters uh, flavor, you know, personality. Really, that's what that was. That was his personality. That was false person. That and was, it, and it evolved. It evolved as you went along, and he talked more about how he got there, why he was there, what he did before, you know, what what he brought in with him. Those were all really good points to develop the character, and I think they did that very well to make him interesting and not two dimensional. Okay, uh, unlike no. the people in Godzilla that were very <laughs> two dimensional. They were no; these characters were more three dimensional than than Godzilla versus Kong, definitely. Now, now, what I you're saying that their whole goal was to show the divide between, like, the upper class versus the lower class, and how how the upper class won't won't respond to you because they're above you, and you don't talk below to the people because they're below you. Now, and it's also supposed to be about like the distribution of like goods, services, things like that. But the problem I have with it. Is that in society, at least here in America, whether or not people want to admit it or not, there are ways to improve your social status. There are ways to work hard and, and move up and get more money and get to those upper levels. There's ways to do it. It's not easy. And it takes a lot of hard work. And yeah, sometimes it, it doesn't happen. You also need luck. But there's no way to actually the, – the problem with this commentary is there's no way to actually advance yourself. There's no motivation and there's no – there's no way that you're going to go from level 200 and be able to just work your way up to level – to level like 500. Now, I know this is also – what is this? Is, is this a Mexican film or is this a Spanish film? Spanish. It's Spanish. I don't yeah. know the Spanish economy or anything like that as well. So it could have been very much focused more on like their social structure and everything. Because I, I do know that certain countries, it is pretty much impossible to move up in social class. But my life experience is growing up in the United States, which is the country of opportunity. It's the country that if you work hard... You have the opportunity to do something better for yourself. It's not a guarantee. But there's still the chance that it's going to happen. And so I guess that that's my problem with their thought process there. It's very narrow-minded as in this is how it is and this is how it stays. And the only way you get anywhere is with luck. So I, I said earlier that I, I didn't have any complaints uh, about the film. I kind of lied when I said that. I'm going to agree. I agree with you 100% on this. And I would say, like, the only thing I would say that I disagree with about the film is that I don't agree with the filmmaker's perspective on society. Um, and I, I agree that the perspective was very pessimistic. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of the point. But at the same time, uh, I don't. I don't agree with uh, I don't agree with their idea that if you just distribute wealth more equally that things will be better. But at the same time, I do agree that in at least Western Western culture, um, there is a there is a big problem with uh, with consumerism. Mm -hmm. I I'll agree with that. 
uh, and that if you have any amount of money that you you most I don't want to say all but quite a few people that have any significant amount of money tend to um, spend it very poorly mm-hmm. while the people in the lower class are just ba- trying to stay alive so while I don't agree with their um, with their philosophical goal by portraying this uh, concrete prison as society, I do agree that they made very valid points within that, that people should, you know, think about and maybe try to, within their own selves, live better. But outside of that, if you just watched if you just watch the movie um, without without knowing that it may not make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I did zero research before I watched this movie. I'll be honest, but I so mean, there you I go. Kind of, there you go. So but, that, but but but, but, uh, but I mean, they're not very subtle in what they're trying to say. It's it's quite, no, and they had no intention on being yeah, subtle. It, it's quite apparent. I mean, and that's the whole point of her, like. Here are your portions. Here are your portions. Here are your portions. And you portion out for the people below you. And it's... That doesn't work. Like, no, like I guess that I agree with you. There's... there's, Yeah, I know. It's just... I mean, I guess they made their point. I just... It fell flat with me. Well, I kind of got... I kind of got that taste of what they were trying to portray while watching the film. But it didn't really... It didn't really click until I kind of read more after the fact about what they were kind of going for and like interviews with the director and all that, like what his, uh, fil- like the philosophical undertones of the film itself. And like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that, that they're right either, um, about like how to make society better. But I did like, I, I did within the context of the film, I did like the kind of nihilistic, uh, approach where, uh, everyone is kind of boiled down to their selfish, primal survival instincts and seeing how all these different groups of people like they were all pretty pretty varied as far as like what social class they came from but then once you're in this it doesn't matter uh, yeah in this prison it's kind of like okay well you have to survive and wherever you're at that it's different but you still have to like everyone has to survive or die pretty much it's all it's either two ways two ways to get out of this hole either you survive for the amount of time that you're designated to be in here, or you just go ahead and die, you know, mm-hmm. which is really the only way that that concept would have worked anyway. So, I mean, yeah, you're gonna be there, and you're gonna fight for your survival, or you're gonna die. It, it's it's a very much a survival of the fittest scenario here, is what it's really going for. Which which is also I I have another problem. Like you can volunteer to go into this prison. Yeah, I volunteered for a six month for a six month stint in this prison, and when I leave, I'm gonna have a degree. What? That's not how that works. That's stupid. That was a stupid plot point for a reason why he should be be in this prison. The fact that you can volunteer to go into this is I think that's asinine too. So that kind of gave me very dystopian vibes, which I really enjoyed that. Kind of like where everything How? seemed to be in the here and now. No, but where everything kind of seemed to be in the here and now. But 
if you tried to find a situation in the world today that's similar, you couldn't. There's nothing like this. And that kind of gave me the idea that this is somewhat in the near future, uh, but also dystopian to where uh, how could a how could a society as as a whole decide? Yeah, this is a good idea. But they don't they don't explain how you can or why you can volunteer to go into the prison. Well, like we mentioned, you're punishing um, yourself. There really is so no way. Well, you didn't know we well, didn't know that going in. But out, let's say you were outside of it, right? You didn't really know about it. You knew as much as Gorang uh and uh baharat knew the bah- uh, sorry not baharat um imagiri imagiri was the woman who was the interview who interviewed uh gorang for the whole right yeah they they didn't really know neither of them really knew what what happened inside of the the hole but the the conditions of the hole were just so primal that it was like how could what kind of people could create this and that's kind of what i said like i said it gave me very dystopian vibes even though the world seemed to be somewhat normal you didn't really get to see a lot of it you only got to see maybe 10 10 minutes total of the world outside right so you're kind of up to your interpretation of what the world was like and what the people were like and what the government was like but that's that's the that's the more <laughs> that's the uh, really the only complaint I had and the more depressing part of the film. But other than that, even even just like a standard like like you know one of those stupid cliche texts like at the beginning, just kind of explaining it's the year this this is what the world's looking like. And this is what's happening. I like movies that I like movies that let me interpret it how I want to. I mean, I don't disagree with that, but I mean, there needs to be reasons for things happening. And like, if I don't know the reason why things aren't happening, it better be very thought provoking. And this was not for me. Okay, and that's fair. I'm not saying it's not a fair assessment of the film. But maybe so. Let's do this. We talked about the the pessimistic, uh, ag- aggressively depressing, um, philosophical point that the fam- film made. But let's go into what I liked about the film. The biggest concept, theme, whatever that I really enjoyed about the film was the atmosphere. So the first point of that would be. <clears throat> That there's this platform that, for with no explanation at all, again, you're meant to make your own uh, judgment on, on it, how it's able to float between these floors, period. That's never explained. I think that sets a very cool atmosphere. It's very unique. It's different. It's something for you to think about as you're watching the characters develop. And that's why I said that I assumed that this was kind of futuristic in a way. Um, I can see the futuristic at... part. Like I, I thoroughly agree with you on the futuristic part. I think that it's definitely some sort of like dystopian future. Okay. Like, yeah. like so, I see it. 
but what's really cool was with uh, that or, outside that of that, or we're right? in Guantanamo Bay. Either one of those. <laughs> a very futuristic Guantanamo Bay. But when you very briefly get to see the world on the outside, you know, the clothing, the way people talk, everything, it looks fairly normal, you know, to what we are used to. Well, I don't now, think it's right I now. don't think it's the distant future. I think it's like twenty twenty five and at least. I mean, yeah, but I think that was a I think that was another thing they were going towards, maybe, possibly, with the uh concept. Um, I'm I'm not sure if the writer intended on creating a universe uh, very similar to our own, but if he did, he did it very effectively. And the the guy who, the guy who wrote it also did the screenplay, and there was a and then someone else directed it. But they were all like very, they were very respectful of each other's position in the film mm-hmm. making process. So like the, the director didn't you know veer off too far off the original intent of the of the writer and everything. That was something that's really good. A director can take a, a film that's very well written and just kind of ruin it. It's very, very likely that that happens, especially in Hollywood. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that didn't happen here. But going going back to the whole itself, it's so basic and rudimentary and concrete that it kind of exists out of time as well, where it could be tomorrow or it could be 100 years from now, you know? And I think that's what the writer was going for. Uh, the whole exists as a kind of time capsule, but the t- the concepts kind of are universal, right? The concept of survival and trust, you know, trusting another human being that you've never met, that kind of can be applicable to whenever, mm-hmm. right? So the the experiment of the whole kind of acts only as a pessimistic and often on the nose representation of human nature or society uh any anyone i don't want to say anyone but many people whether they're on the top ladder of society or the bottom could have everything taken away from them right as we saw like you could be on level five and then the the next month you wake up and you're level 200 right Mm -hmm. or you could get lucky right and go all the way to the top that I think that is very true, especially here in America. I think a lot of people they uh, they can start at the bottom and move their way up very quickly, uh, or you can be at the top and fall to the bottom very quickly. Yeah, but again, the difference between that is, other than the people that other than the people that start off at the top, and they're always going to be at the top because they're just born into money. You gotta work to get there. It's it's not all just about luck. Even if you win the lottery, you can spend that money instantly. And that this this feels more like the lottery to me. This feels more like going to buy a lottery ticket and being like, Woohoo! I won. I'm at level ten. Mm-hmm. I won. Yeah. And then you go buy another ticket and you're like, Oh shit. I lost it all. Mm-hmm. So it again to me it just the pessimistic side far outweighs any kind of like actual it's it's just a very it's a very dark look and it only accentuates the dark side of human nature except for um except for the two guys when they start going down and they start handing out surveys like that is that was actually probably the coolest part about it like 
I actually enjoyed that when they were going down and they had to fend off other people while they're trying to save people. So, so but with that, that comes from the, the point of view, which is also a very pessimistic point of view, of the only way that the people down low are going to be able to get out of their situation or survive is if there is a deus ex machina coming down from the top mm. and handing things out to them. And I, I don't know, that doesn't... The, the philosophical and thoughtful points in this movie, I, I think they're very shallow. And I guess that's probably my problem. That's probably, again, my biggest problem with it is I feel that the movie has good points. I feel like it's 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 got a cool concept. But it's either the everything is is drawn out to the point where everything comes off shallow because they took this concept and stretched it out. It's like if I have if I have a bucket of water and that is my whole story I can do, that's going to be nice and deep. Let's let's say the bucket's a, a short film with a with a cool concept. Now, let's say a pool is the movie form. I'm going to need a lot more depth there. Yeah. This movie's a bucket. They wanted it to be a pool. They dumped their bucket into a pool. And so by doing that, your water goes from good concept with some depth to it to thin and shallow. I guess that, that would probably be the best metaphor I can do. So, uh, again, I don't disagree with you on that point. And I, I agree that was kind of like, well, I don't really, like, see the the same way that they see, right? Mm -hmm. The way that the writers wrote it. But if you kind of take a step back, right, and you look at it as just a film, you take away all the philosophical stuff, and you kind of forget about that, and you watch it just as a film, just as watching this guy who all he wanted was a degree and he got put in this terrible circumstance where, you know, the, the deepest, darkest parts of his nature are exposed, you know. You really get to see in this whole, like, who people really are. And I think that one of the th ways that this movie triumphed was that it the characters were all very diverse. They all had different needs, different desires. They all all brought something different to the whole with them based off of, you know, their perspective, right? So the main character brought a book because he thought, well, you know, I'm just going to need to pass the time. I need something to read, mm -hmm. right? Now Some people brought rope. So they said, well, I'm going to try to escape the hole. The, again, you really have to, to in order to, <laughs> in order to enjoy this film in any way, you kind of have to pull yourself out of the the do, philosophical element of do it. Do you know what the main character actually represented or at least what he what I see him representing? Because each character is supposed to represent something in this. Well, I, I would imagine that the the main character kind of resents an everyman. Mm. Right? No, he he uh yes and yes and no. I would say yes and no. He he actually each character in this movie is supposed to represent like a different kind of issue in society if you really look at them. 
the main character, okay. what did he want? Why did he go in there? Um, he wanted a, a means to be successful. But what, right? what what was he getting out Isn't of six months? Isn't that what months? a degree is? Isn't that what a degree is? A degree. Is? A degree is a means to get what more you, successful. What, what happens when you go to college? You learn. Financially. Oh, you go into debt. He represents the student loan crisis. Okay. Because think I about it. That. He, six months, he wants a degree. Spoiler alert, he dies there. He's never getting his degree. Yeah. Unlike, like, he's never getting out of that debt, but he also never got his degree. So it's just another very pessimistic way of looking at life there. He represents the student loan crisis. At least that's what I got out of it. And that is why he's there. Um, The girl, the female, she represents hope. And that is why she is... That is why she is making portions for everyone. And then when hope when okay. hope is gone, she dies. Mm-hmm. Um the the second guy he's with, what's his name? Buril? Baril? Uh um the 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 last guy, yeah. right? His last roommate. Yeah. His last roommate was Baharat. Baharat. To me, he represented like determination. He was de- he had his rope. He was determined to escape. He was determined to find a way out of it, which no one else there was. That's true. Or at least at that point in time, right? We don't know how long this mm-hmm. experiment has been going exactly. on. Exactly. So we just know that no one's ever made it out. Exactly. Well, out before their time was up, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the. The philosophical thoughts are there. I think they have the concept. The problem is the structure of the movie has a hard time, at least with me, keeping my attention. So that way I can come out of this, actually, because what this movie wants you to sit there in silence when it's done. I've done that with movies. I've sat there and go, huh, American History X. I finished American History X, and what did I do the first time? I sat there with my brain spinning, going like, wow, that was a powerful movie. Mm-hmm. That's what these people were trying to do, and I think they failed. Because they they focused more on these philosophical themes and didn't back it up with a story to strengthen them. And that's that's really where my whole point of you have these ideas – you have your bucket. You can't just go dump it into a pool. Mm. You can't just have these thoughts, put them, throw them into a script, and call it a movie. You need a you need a story. And I guess that's where my issue with this was: is I feel a a huge lack of story, and it's just going from from uh, from philosophical thought to philosophical thought to theme to theme. It 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 was just like they they felt very disconnected. I think the plot drives from like A to C and we skip B. So there's a disconnect. Mm. C is, you got A, which is his first roommate. You got C, his second, and then you got E, his third. (laughs) And then F is, and then the thing that really connects them all is every single time they see this woman coming down who's looking for her kid. That's what connects them all. Now that you brought it up, 
And I realized this is the first time this has been brought up. The woman who's looking for her kid. What do you think that represents? I'm curious to know. Because I, I really don't know. I, I don't I, either. I think I... the points you made... The points you made where each character represents different things, I kind of didn't even catch that the first time I watched it. Um, so that was really cool uh, thing for you to bring up was that I didn't think about that. That kind of also adds to, to me, uh, I think a good film, if you're not going to have a story, like you said, like the, the film doesn't really have a story, I think if you're going to make a film that has no story, you really have to rely on the depth of the characters and their development. Uh, and I think I think that's something they did very well for me. I, see, personally. that's why I, I thoroughly disagree with you. I, I didn't get depth from any of the characters. Well, you didn't need to have depth because they were kind of like uh, it's almost it's almost like the very first Saw film where you didn't really want to care about the characters because they, the characters were more of like a vehicle for you to figure out what's going on. Right. Yeah, but the, if, the first Saw film also created characters for you to to watch and have. Like, Carrie Elway's character, yeah, he's a flawed character. He's a flawed human being. Well, he was the one cheating on his wife and everything, but he's... They all were flawed. They're all flawed, but, like, there's, their stories were compelling because you got a little bit of the reasoning why they were in the situation they're in. That's the difference between the first Saw movie and this film, is... You understand why they're here. You understand why they were put in that situation at the end. And you understand that the situation they're put in is to make them appreciate the life they're given more. And I think that's why the first Saw film works. I'm not saying the sequels were as good as the first one. The first one works because it was there were like actual characters and there was actual plot points and there they created these these humans that you you saw as flawed human beings but you could relate to in some aspect i could relate to none of these people so i'm gonna go on a, i'm gonna say something that's very uh geeky as a film fan Love it. Go. um the re the reason why uh the reason why the first saw film kind of had a better i don't know just a better feel to it than like the rest of them was that that was James Wan's brainchild? Yes, yes. He it came was. up with the short he film, created a the short, short film. film, the film. He wrote it, he directed it. That was his baby. And yes, James Wan is a and master James Wan filmmaker. James Wan is an incredible director. Yeah, he's incredible. So that's that's why I think the first Saw film was the best one of them all. And I don't know this director. I've never seen anything else he did, but. To me, he doesn't feel like somebody that can handle a vehicle that needs a strong director. That needs somebody that can, that has the experience to tell a story like this. I feel if this was put in the right hands, it could have been flushed out to something great. But that's most films. When you get, when you get poor directing, any film can die. And I think... This film, I mean, the platform got great reviews and everything, and I'm, which baffles me. But I think, I think it's one of those instances where you look back on this film in five years, and you're gonna be like, "Huh, well, that film exists. 
I think everybody's looking at the film in and just looking at the the tone of it, the the premise of it, and everyone doesn't want to admit it's a bad film because I think a lot of people are like, I want to feel deep. And this is going to probably get me a lot of flack. I don't care. This is my opinion. <laughs> I'm not saying people are out there being like, I just like bad movies. I'm not going to lie. I'll watch The Room for fun. I don't hate bad movies. I hate boring movies. And to me, a lot of times, these kind of films, they get great reviews and everything because everybody wants to be like, look how smart I am. I've watched this. And I'm like, cool, that was boring. More times than not, I say that about films that are similar to this. No, I agree. And I think I agree. if you, you would have, I think if you would have put the quality of actors that were in this film, okay? If you put them in the Cube movie, you're going to get the exact same response. Hmm. Which the Cube is, I think the Cube and this one are very similar in how deep and thoughtful they are. They have similar premises, they have similar thoughts, and and they're trying to say similar things. They're saying them at different points in time in society. The difference is the cube has more hope. This movie, I feel, has no hope. Their hope is, is what was it, a cake in the center of the table? And then they're like, the child, we'll throw the child up there. And I'm like, that child's going to get eaten on the first floor that somebody didn't get food. Okay, so having said that. I'm sorry. This is a big ranting movie. Having said that, no, I I love it. I love it. It's your turn to rant. I ranted last week. Um, I I don't know what it is. I I I will say, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you talk. Don't think I'm calling you an idiot. I'm not trying to call you an idiot. I'm not trying to call anyone listening an idiot. If you liked this film, you liked it. These are the reasons I don't like it. So I I totally understand your perspective. Here's the thing. I I get what you're saying. I don't like boring films either. I think I think that Citizen Kane was the most disappointing film I've ever watched in my entire life. Still haven't watched it. Uh, and it's heralded it's as the greatest film uh, of yeah, all time. Yeah, it is heralded as the greatest film of all time. It is literally I almost fell asleep. I I already know the but ending of it. So something 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 about this movie. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was the like grindhouse influences. I don't know if it was the um the fact that throughout the entire 90 minutes my brain was turning you know i was i was piecing together everything thinking about all the, the different possibilities absorbing all the information and that's what i wish my brain was doing my brain wasn't turning with this movie my brain was trying to be like come on something happened okay so that's that's fair right for you and, and your film tastes this movie was really very much not for everybody and they absolutely uh, unapologetically made this film not for everybody <laughs> um yeah absolutely <laughs> i just like i don't know I, I just like slow burn character driven films um and i i really my favorite genre is horror so and it's kind of had it wasn't necessarily horror it wasn't really horror but it was like a thriller kind of grindhouse-esque feel to it where it was like very low budget um very minimalist um funny thing right i think this (laughs) that was hilarious (laughs) sorry i can't help myself i'm gonna ask so funny thing if i remember correctly uh i believe this 
I don't want to say something wrong, but I thought oh, I do all the time. Just I thought I it. read somewhere that that the platform was written by this guy David DeSola, who also wrote the film itself and the screenplay. I believe he wrote this initially as a stage play. Interesting. Let me let me see. And it makes sense as a stage play. It really does. I, I think it tra- would translate very well. I think it would be a very good stage show. It's it, like things for stage do not translate no, I, to film I agree. all the time that, that, and vice versa. It may have been why it, it fell flat in certain areas for you was because they were trying to translate something that was written for stage into a film. Um, so you, you mentioned all the really depressing pop, plot points both of us have. I think mm-hmm. I will say one thing, though, and I think that there was a little bit of hope at the end of it and this is how i want to interpret the ending okay so me personally i would like to imagine that after all the carnage we saw throughout the film but mostly in the last 45 minutes right where they were going down to the bottom and like floor after floor after floor of just dead people right i would like to imagine that this girl makes it up to the top makes it to level zero and that her making it out of the hole as a, as a inf, not honestly inf, as as an underage person, right? The hole was designed for people only sixteen and older. I would like to imagine that she escapes and that the controversy resulting from this child inexplicably emerging from the hole shuts down the whole project and that the whole goes away and the platform goes away. I would like to think that that's what happens. So, so you're saying by the girl getting to the top that stops this whole situation. So here's, here's why I say that. And this is all my, my thinking, right? I, I love movies that let you interpret the ending kind of like, um, you know, Memento Mm -hmm. or, or or, or films like that films that kind of let you, like it kind of tells you in a way how it ends, but it also lets you finish it, right? I think that despite the fact that in this universe that society has gotten to a point or the government has gotten to a point where this hole can even exist, I think that it explained very well that most people on the outside aren't really aware of how bad it is. Kind of like, I don't know, if you want to mirror it to uh, you know, America, maybe – we as normal, you know, average people are kind of unaware of just how bad our prison system is. Okay. Right? That could kind of be an idea. But I think that if this this girl emerges, right, and she's like a child, and I think that I would like to believe that um just the the fact that they can't cover that up, right? It's just like you can't explain it away. I would like to believe that because somehow, some way, uh, and I do have a theory about the child as well, but somehow this child got down there against the rules of the project itself. That kind of shuts the whole thing down. That's what I would like to believe happens. I, I want to believe that that the two guys, they were right, and they did the right thing, and they sacrificed themselves for the for the good of the rest of the people. Gotcha. I would like to believe that that's how it ended. So, All right, let's call this rapid fire with Ben. Go ahead, rapid fire. 
All right, so real quick, uh, this is kind of some things that I, I researched about the film. Uh, I did quite a few, quite a bit of research uh, after I watched it because I was just intrigued, right? So I have a personally, I have a theory about the the child that was in the hole. Um, and this is kind of a deep theory, right? But I, I think it's very possible that this woman that was in the hole trying to find her child, uh, I think that she was deemed unfit to have custody of the child by the government that exists in this world. Uh, and that she went into the hole voluntarily to get her child back. That would what do you think sense. of that? What do you think of that? I think, think that would theory? make more sense than trying to go there for a degree. You think? Yeah, <laughs> you think I think it good... makes more sense that a parent would go to prison trying to save their child than somebody going to prison being like, I just really want a degree. And I think that also kind of explains how she was still alive at the very bottom, right? Wasn't she dead? She got, no. she got like, murdered. The, no, the woman did. The child yeah. did not. The child was at the very bottom, fully nourished, nothing wrong with her. She had to have been there for a good amount of time. So someone must have been keeping her alive and fed. Something to, something to think about, especially if, uh, if you listening to this podcast have not seen this movie and decide to. Uh, that's something to think about. Um, rapid fire number two. The names of the characters themselves have connotations that most people who watch this movie, including myself, probably missed until I watched a few oh, YouTube videos explaining it. Right? It's very easy to miss because, but I noticed at the very beginning that those names don't sound Spanish at all. And they aren't. So let's go down the list here. Main character, Garang, right? His, his name means fried in Indonesian. You're going to notice a lot of food references to the names. It's very interesting. Um, um, so the, the old dude, his first roommate, Trimagasi, uh, his, his name means uh, thank you in also Indonesian. Interesting. Um, Considering he's got a knife and he's cutting somebody. Yep, yep. Well, I guess he's <laughs> thanking him for that. <laughs> uh, I think yeah that one that one was kind of uh, tricky I still haven't pieced together everything for that but uh, Imagiri the lady who was the interviewer eventually went into the hole right uh, she was named after a uh, royal cemetery in Indonesia rather ironic right um, uh, Baharat the dude, uh, Gorang's last roommate. Yeah, my favorite one because he actually tried to do something with his life. His his name means spice in Arabic. The woman's name is Miharu, which means to guard in Japanese. Just, um, and uh, so like the last one, we'll do rapid fire number three. If you noticed the actor who played the lead, Gorang. Uh, appearing more and more malnourished as the film progressed. That was not makeup or after effects. The film was shot chronologically from start to finish, and over the six-week shoot, the actor lost 26 pounds to show the character's descent into hunger. Ben, what would you rate this movie? <laughs> you are not going to agree with this at Absolutely all. Absolutely not. Uh, all right, so... I gave this film, even after everything we talked about, I still have not moved. Uh, my final rating of the film, The Platform, is 
panna cottas out of 10. And if you watch the film, you understand the reference uh, that panna cotta is. Oh, yeah. No, we are on the opposite sides of the spectrum. This is going on my don't ever need to see again list. We're we're looking at like a 2.8. I was really bored. I was really bored. 2.8 snails. I like that. That was great. It's nice and snails. slow. Completely forgot about the snails. Oh, I did not. Trust me. They felt like a big deal to me. Ooh, they have the snails here. Who cares? It's a snail. Why are you eating it? Never have escargot. If you're listening and you do decide to watch this film or any other film that we talk about, let us know what you think. Uh, send us an email at two guys media team at gmail.com that's two t-w-o guys media team at gmail.com and also feel free to leave us suggestions uh for films you'd like us to review catch us next week as we review mortal Kombat, and i will see you in the nether realm finish him dun 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 dun